welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your host, and it is just a few days before Halloween, October 27th, and we have been for the last three, four weeks involved in a special tribute to Mr. Boris Karloff as part of uh, this Halloween month celebration. We've focused on a lot of different aspects of his radio career. And for many of the shows, we've had a special guest, his daughter, Sarah. And Sarah is with us again for today's final program in the series. We are going to present what I think is probably the creepiest of all the light of all the programs <laughs> that Mr. Karloff did. Uh, it's an episode of Lights Out called Cat Wife. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're laughing because you know where this is going. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the good old days of radio show. Do you have any particular knowledge, memories, etc., of your father and Arch Obler and Lights Out? Um, not really. Um, I I never met Mr. Obler, but I know he was protective of his rights with Lights Out, as I am uh, as I have been of my father's legacy. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a lawsuit in 99 and 2000 against Universal um, about those rights, and um, I understand that uh, Mr. Obler did the same thing or a similar thing in, in the the rights he had protecting lights out. And uh, the family is, is very proud of my father's work, and that was ref- reflected in, in my lawsuit. Yeah, Mr. Obler um, got (laughs) quite annoyed with a number of people who were taking copies of the Lights Out radio program that they had obtained basically through his generosity of making them available to some people and then selling them on the open market and not paying any royalties to anybody, just, just simply selling them out there. And he did take some people to court, and he was successful in stopping that type of thing. So it's similar to what, uh, not exactly the same thing as, as your father and all that, but your, your father appeared in these films. He was under contract to Universal. They did pay him for his work in the films, and yet there's all this aftermarket stuff, and I guess that's where the problem came in. It, it came in with the um, overuse of, of the rights that were protected by law and uh, the overuse by uh, not only um, uh, merchandising but by the studios themselves. And, and the families just felt that, that uh, the laws were on the books and needed to be uh, followed by anybody who chose to use my father's name and likeness. Well, I'm, I'm very happy that you, you and your family stood up for that and that you were successful, and I appreciate your sharing a little bit about that on the show. We're going to go to Lights Out. This one is called Cat Wife. It's from April 6, 1938, and I'm sure that after you hear this one, if you haven't already heard it, you'll have some comments because it's a pretty wild and crazy show. Uh, so here we go. The National Broadcasting Company takes pleasure in presenting Mr. Boris Karloff in the third of a special series of anniversary Lights Out broadcasts. Tonight, at the urgent request of hundreds of listeners, 
we bring you a repeat broadcast of the strange play which you have chosen as the highlight of all the Lights Out series, Cat Wife. Lights Out, everybody. in the next room, Annie. Oh, that guy. What does he know about having fun? Work, work, work. It makes me sick where I've never been sick before. <laughs> oh, come on. Get sick around. Let's have some more fun. Oh, yeah. You can't Shopping. stop me. Oh, please. That's the most marvelous song I've ever heard. Well, speak of the devil. Hiya, Johnny boy. Come on in. The water's fine. <laughs> Only it ain't water. Huh? It ain't water. Oh, for heaven's sake, I'm trying to work. Oh, go away. Go away. You're spoiling my party. Throw him out of here, Kenny. <laughs> He's only my husband. Oh, oh, take it get out of here, you. you. Come on, No, no, wait. Don't listen to him. It's my house. It's my house. You. You kick them out. My friends. You kick them out. Linda, haven't you any consideration at all? I've begged you, pleaded with you to try to keep these people out of the house while I'm getting some work done. And you persist in doing just the opposite. You kick them out. My friends. Yes, yes, I kick them out and I'll do it again every time I find them here. They're no good. You've given me your word time and time again to give them up. Calm back. I'll call them all back. You can't tell me what to do. Not me. They're my friends, mine. I'd give a dozen of you for one of them. All right, Linda. If that's the way you feel, I guess you and I have finally come to the end of the road. You haven't got a grain of loyalty in you. All I ask is a little peace and quiet in my own home, and I can't even have that. Ah, oh, go away, go away. Night after night, you and those people, yowling and screaming like a pack of alley cats. And you the worst of all. I'm through, Linda. I'm through with you for good. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. Keep away from me. Keep away. Oh, Linda. <laughs> See? You're not through with me at all. You'll never be through with me. Never. Oh, Linda. Linda. No. No, let me go. Let me go! I don't want you, you fool. You're not through with me. I'm through with you. No, no, Linda. I'm tired of you. Do you hear me? I'm tired of you. I'm gonna get so far away from that smug face of yours that I couldn't see it with a telescope. Linda, my wife! Your wife. 
Why do you think I married you? I thought you loved me. I married you because I was sick of working in a two-bit barbershop, because I was sick of living in a hall bedroom wearing bargain sale dresses. I wanted dough, plenty of it, all I could get. And you were the best chance to get it that came my way. No, no, Linda, you did love me. You must have loved I me. I loved you about as much as that canary out there loves his cage. I told myself I'd stay with you a year, divorce you, stick you for plenty of alimony, and then get out. But we've been married five years. Yeah, five years. Because you fooled me, that's why. I fooled you? Yes. Huh. You started to make a lot of money. More money than I ever thought you could make. <laughs> so you're giving me the air, huh? No, no, Linda, I love you. I'll always love you. I didn't mean what I said. Well, I did. Oh, Linda, don't leave me. You're no good. I know you're no good, but heaven help me, I love you. I'll never love anybody else. Get out of my way. No, no, I, I won't let you go. You've got to stay. Keep your hands off me. You're no good. You've cost me my self-respect. But you'll stay with me, you'll stay with me, or I'll cut you off without a cent. <laughs> you won't get a dime from me, not a dime. Stop that. Stop laughing. Oh, you Sam. <laughs> you fat-headed Sam. <laughs> Stop that. You're going to cut me off without a cent, are you? Oh, you fool. I've got everything that belongs to you now. You hear me? Everything. What are you talking about? What are you saying? This house. It's in my name, isn't it? The car. It's in my name, isn't it? I know, but... Oh, no, you... you wouldn't. Oh, wouldn't I? Well, listen to this, my darling husband... I cleaned out the bank account yesterday, no. every cent of it. I won't be in the street. You will. Now, this is my house. Get your things and get out of here. Uh, I'll kill you. No, stop I'll it. Kill Don't you. you come near me. Let me go. Let me go. Ow! You won't touch me again. I'll tear your eyes out. You, you cat. Get out of my way. That's what you are, a cat. A big, white, heartless cat. You think like one, you screech like one, you claw like one. You even look like one. A cat, that's what you are, a great white cat. I didn't marry a woman. I married a cat. Keep it up, keep it up. You're doing swell. Laugh at me. Go on, laugh at me. But you're a cat. A sneaking, yowling cat. Now, that's enough of that. You stop saying it. A cat. A cat, you hear me? A cat! Stop staring at me like that. Stop staring at me. John, what's happening to me? John, my head can hardly see. John, help me. John! Linda! What are you staring at? to control yourself, everything will be all right. Oh, Doctor, what have I done? What have I done? Now, John, please, pull yourself together. You're not entirely to blame for what's happened. What will I do? I did it. I'm to blame. Stop talking like that. It's preposterous to say you're to blame. 
She was hysterical, John. And the suggestion that she was a cat caught her in an unguarded moment and resulted in a temporary neurosis. Oh, doctor, she's got to get whatever she's got to. Of course, she'll be all right. A little rest, quiet, and in a few days it'll all be forgotten. Did she... Is she sleeping? Yes. I gave her a sedative. She, she's resting very comfortably. Can I go in and see her? But I tell you, she's sleeping, John. I know, but... Oh, I've got to see her. I've got to look at her. I've got to make sure she's all right. Don't you see? I've got to make sure. Oh, John, please. You've had a hard time of it. You'd better get to bed and get some rest. Oh, no, Doctor, listen to me. I, I've got to see her again. I, I've got to make sure that she's all right. I can't rest until I know. I tell you... Oh, very well. Just for a moment. Yes. Be very quiet. Yes. There. You see? She's resting very nicely. <gasps> Doctor, look... Hands. Look at her hands. They're, they're claws. Her teeth. Her teeth. Linda. No, 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 John. You'll waken her. Linda. So, uh, listen to her. Uh... Steady, John. I can't stand it. I tell you, I can't stand it. She's Linda. She's my wife, my beautiful wife. Linda. Linda. Sorry, John. It, it's all right. I, I guess I'm going a little crazy myself. What's happening to her? What is it? I don't know, John. I don't know. Oh. Listen to her. You've got to do something, Doctor. You've got to. You're my friend. You've got to help me. What? In the name of all that's rational, what? Well, think there must be something you could do with drugs. Something, anything. Oh, John, I, I don't know what to say. I, I can't think. I'll call in someone else. That's it. I'll inform the authorities. They'll take care of everything. Oh, no, wait. What? What's the matter? What is it? You're going to inform the authorities? Yes. Yes, of course, John. Don't you see it's the simplest way out? Way out? Of course, of course. For you and for me. What do you mean? John, this horrible thing that's happened to Linda, it, it goes beyond just you and me. It goes beyond the normal into the supernatural. Everyone should know about it. The world should know about it, science. You mean you're going to let everybody know what's happened to Linda? Of course I am. But you can't do that. She's my wife. Do you hear me? My wife. No, no, no. Now, don't get excited again, John. Listen sensibly. We owe it to science. Science? Who cares about science? She's Linda. She's my wife. And I cursed her to God and turned her into a yowling beast. <laughs> it's my shame, mine. And you're not going to tell a living soul about it. No one, you hear me? No one. It's my duty, John. I must inform the authorities. No, no. Keep open that phone. Keep away, I say. I'm sorry, John. Oh. John. My friend.
Try to sleep, darling. Try to sleep. Yes, yes, I, I know, I know, darling. But, but it's almost morning. You must rest. <gasps> sleep, Linda. Sleep, my beloved. All right. All right, darling. I've got to be strong. I've got to help you. And I did help you. He was going to tell them about you. Everyone. They have taken you away from me. Locked you up. Pointed at you. Laughed at you. But I stopped him, Linda. I stopped him for you. He called me friend. But you're my wife, my beloved, and I love you. I've pleased you, haven't I, my darling? I never could please you before, could I? And now I've pleased you. I killed him, Linda. I killed my friend to save you. And if anybody comes, I'll say he never came here. And no one will know, darling. No one but you and I. What is it, darling? What's the matter? Why are you getting up? What is it? Why go to the window? What do you want? Oh, if I could only understand you. If I could only know what you're trying to say to me. Oh, oh, no. Oh. Linda, Linda, stop. I beg you to stop. Linda, beloved, stop, stop, stop. Yes, I'm coming, I'm coming. Good morning, Mr. Taylor. Oh, it's you. I found this note saying you wanted to talk to me. Gee, I hope you're not going to quit taking milk from me, Mr. Taylor. I know I've been kind of late with deliveries the last couple of days, but you see, it's my heart. Oh, no, I'm not going to stop taking milk. That's what I want to see you about. I want milk, more milk, cream, everything. Oh, sure, sure. How much do you want? Four bottles of milk. No, 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 six. Six? Yes, and cream. Six bottles of cream. Is, is something wrong, Mr. Taylor? Wrong? Why do you think something's wrong? Whoa, I only meant... You meant what? Speak up. You meant what? Oh, now, don't get sore, Mr. Taylor. I just meant, well, you don't look so good, and... <laughs> well, you know how it is. Sometimes a fellow has a couple too many, and he starts ordering all the milk in the world. <laughs> you fool. I'm not drunk. You want to sell me that milk, or do I have to get another milkman? No, 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 I'll get it for you. I'll get it for you. Hurry. Six quarts, six cream. Only him and his old lady. The guy's nuts. Drink the milk, my beloved. Please. But you haven't eaten anything. You're hungry. You must be hungry. Oh, my darling, what do you want? 
I'll get you anything, anything. Just eat. No. Uh, no, I can't let you out of the room. I can't. Someone might come to the door. They'd see through the windows. Oh, be patient, Linda, darling. I'll think of something. I... Oh, drink the milk for your own good, Linda. Please. No, 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 dearest. Don't do that. All right. All right, dear. All right. I'll let you into the dining room. But you've got to stay away from the windows. If someone should see you. Here, let me carry you. All right, darling, all right. I, I won't, I won't. Go yourself. Go yourself. You see, my darling, your pretty living room. Everything in it just the way you fixed it. Everything. Oh, Linda, Linda, this horrible thing that's happened to us. I tell myself it isn't real. I'll wake up soon and everything will be the way it used to be. You and I. Linda, where are you? Oh, Linda, don't, don't. No, 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 Linda, Linda, don't touch that bird. Linda! Could you do it? Oh, could you do it? Oh, good morning, Mr. Taylor. Early again this morning, ain't you? Morning. Uh, ever since you sent your wife to the country, my first customer every morning for the last three days you've been. Like I was saying to my wife this morning, I said, Yes, yes, Mr. Heinrich, some other time. I'm in a hurry. My order, please. Yeah, yeah, but you ain't give me no order yet. How about a nice steak, what you can broil? No, no, nothing like that. But you broil a steak? Ach, I tell you, that's nothing. When my wife, she goes to the country, that's what I always make for myself. You lay the steak in the pan, and then you light the pan. I'm in a hurry, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. You don't have to get so high blood pressure, Mr. Taylor. If you will tell me what you want, by God, I'll give it to you. Well, uh, I... I don't know exactly... Uh, Oh, a couple of pounds of liver. Yes, that's it. Fresh liver. What? A tin? You heard me. Sure, sure, I heard you. But by golly, for three days, ever since your wife, she went away. You, you, you eat nothing but liver. Are you going to fill my order? Yeah, sure, sure. I will fill your order. There. Did you ever see such nice, fresh liver? Huh? Oh, two pounds? Jawohl. There we are. By golly, it could be you was raising a cat or something. Why do you say that? Well, every day you buy liver. <laughs> this morning I text a couple of mouses in a trap. Maybe you like to take them along for the cat too, huh? Don't say that! Don't say that! Mr. Taylor, the liver, you forgot. Hmm. By golly, that man is verrückt. Now, what did I say that was wrong? Cats like to eat mouses. Oh, my 
dearest Linda, close to me, close to me. Oh, my darling, my darling, it's better this way. You can't leave me now. I'll have you with me always. I'll keep you here, just you and I. I won't answer it. They'll go away. All right, all right. I'll answer it. No, no. Stay here, my beloved. They mustn't see you. Be very quiet. Be very quiet. Yes, yes, I'm coming, I'm coming. Well, what is it? What is it? Are you the owner of this building? Yes, what do you want? Kerrigan is the name. I'm your neighbor. I've got that place across the alley from you. Neighbor? Yeah, Kerrigan is my name. I'm with the department. The department? Yes. I'm desk sergeant at the 3rd District Station. Policeman? Yes. I'm off duty today, so I thought I'd drop over and speak to you. Uh, do you mind if I step in for a moment? Step in? Oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, thank you. Well, you got a nice place here. Yes, yes, nice. Very nice. You know, the same contractors made this place as made mine. You didn't know that, I'll bet. No, I, I didn't. Yes. Irishman by the name of Gil Hooley. He put up all these bungalows along here on nothing but Blarney and the shoestrings. Jumped out a ten-story window, they tell me, the day after the stock market crash. <laughs> Lucky for him. If he was alive now, some of the people around here that bought places from him would murder him. What was the trouble they're having? Trouble? Say, now, speaking of trouble, reminds me why I come over. If you don't mind, I'll tell you. Yes? No, no, it ain't me that's complaining, Mr. Taylor. I'm the kind of man that can sleep in a boiler factory. But it's me, Katie. Ah, there's a light sleeper for you. I always say that if a star in heaven twinkles too much, the noise wakes up me, Katie. What? What is the trouble? Well, you know how the women are. Always finding something to make her fuss about. Hey, I'm not disturbing her, am I? Huh? Yeah. You know, you're missing. She's not sleeping in the bedroom, lady. No, no, of course not. There's no one in there. I thought maybe seeing the door is closed. Oh, no, I tell you, there's no one in there. My, my wife, she's out of town. Oh, well, that's fine. That's fine. I always like to talk things over man to man without the women around. The women are all right, I says, but they don't know how to straighten out little troubles with neighbors without calling names and pulling hair. <laughs> oh, what is it? What's wrong? What do you want to tell me? Well, to put it plain, it's the cat. Cat? Yeah, the cat. You just got it, didn't you? You... you heard a cat? Yeah. It started a few nights ago. Now, it ain't disturbed me none, like I said, but... But, Miss Katie, well, you see our bedroom window faces right on the alley. And by golly, she hears every meow that animal makes. You, you're wrong. Eh? I have no cat. But, but me, Katie, heard. I heard it too, for that matter. I have no cat. But I'm telling you, it come right from this house. I tell you, I have no cat. Isn't that sufficient? Well, now, seeing as you put it so plain, I'll be speaking up plain myself. I'm telling you, I heard a cat yowling last night, and the night before, and the night before that. 
and as sure as my name is Thomas Kerrigan, they come right to this house. Now, what do you say to that? Get out. Now, wait a second, Mabuko, wait a second. Don't get on your high horse. Get out. Well, now, see here. I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just thinking maybe the animal's caught in your cellar without you knowing it. Now, if you let me go down... I tell you, there's no cat here. Get out. Get out of here. Oh, it's like that, is it? You heard me. Get out of my house. Well, you sure are making a lot of noise about nothing, young fella. But it's your house. And if that's the kind of neighbor you want to be, I guess... What? What are you standing there for? Get out! Get out! Now, just a minute. Take it easy. No cat, eh? Well, what was that? I just... Nothing at all. You've got no right to... you may not be alive, but you sure are something close to it. If that ain't a cat in that bedroom there, then I ain't never heard one. Get out! Get out of here! Oh, no, I won't. Listen to that cat. If that ain't creating a public nuisance, I'd like to know what it is. It's none of your business. This is my house. Get out of here! Now, stop pulling at me, me bucko. I may be off duty, but I'm still an officer of the law. And I'm telling you, that cat you got in there is violating the city ordinance. Now, if you don't make it shut up, disturbing me, Katie, I will. Uh, stay away from that door. Stay away from that door. Hey, listen to it. That ain't no cat you got in there. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I lied. It is a cat. Just a cat. But I'll make it be quiet, but go away. Go away. Wait a minute. Take it easy. If it's just a cat, what do you get this oak side? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. Look at you. Your eyes are blazing. What's going on here? I think I'll have a look. No, no. Stay away. Oh, no. No. Get away. Take it away. I told you. I told you to go home, big one. If I only had big one. You'll never use it. Never. Keep away from it. Help. Help. I asked you to go, didn't I? I asked you to. Didn't I, Linda? You heard me. You heard me asking. Linda. Linda, what's the matter? What are you going to do? Linda, keep away from him. What are you going to do? No, no, Linda. Get away from him. Linda, Linda. Stop. 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 Oh, my eyes. My eyes. My Me. My eyes, my life, 
Now I'll take. Linda! I heard, my beloved, I heard you. I'm coming with you. Wait for me, Linda, my beloved. Wait. Lights out with Boris Karloff and written especially for radio by Arch Obler comes to you each Wednesday from our Chicago studios. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Well, we saved the best one for last. That is one one wild uh, wild show. Um, Sarah, what are your comments on the cat wife? Sick. <laughs> Sick. Arch Obler, you mentioned earlier you didn't really know him. Um, I did. I was actually friends with him for a, a quite a bit towards the end of his life. Um, he was a very... A strange little man with a wicked sense of humor. He liked to write very gruesome, weird tales, and he had this very strange sense of humor that went along with it. And he delighted in the fact that he could write these things and, and put them out over the radio, and, and the censors would would get after him and the network would get after him, but he would push to the limits as best he could. And he got away with quite a bit. That was 1938 radio. Uh, quite early. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Quite early. Um, had you heard that before? I listened to it the other day. Okay. All right. So what do you think besides, ugh? <laughs> a double ugh. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I don't know how that ever got past the censor. Well, it did, and it actually became one of the most famous of the early Lights Out plays. Uh, your father did it several times. This is one of those times. I think it's the only one we have on recording, but it's it's noted uh, that he performed it several times for Arch Obler. Uh, this particular performance was done in Chicago, so I guess he was in Chicago for something at the time of the broadcast. I guess it's, I, I, I can't imagine the censors letting it go. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's, I'm taken aback by it. No, I think it's, he, he does a brilliant job of acting. It's very convincing. It's, um, it, it makes the black cat look pal palatable. This thing is, is um, really all of the above. <laughs> So pretty amazing for 1938 radio. Oh, uh, tremendously so. Tremendously so. It's, I listened to it the other day, and I was taken aback. And it, it's, it, it, I'm sure he didn't forget it. It's just that he chose not to discuss it, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, before we close out here, this program uh, has been on the air now for over a year. And the goal of the program, it's called Vintage Radio, Good Old Days Radio Show, but it's Vintage Radio for Modern Audiences. And what I'm trying to do here is present great old programming that holds up 
and would appeal to a modern audience if you could get them to sit down and listen to it. And that's our goal here is to get them to sit down and listen to it. So we don't pick just any radio show or any particular performance necessarily. We pick what I think are the absolute best and things that would hold up to a modern audience. And I think that all of your father's work that we've presented in the last month uh, definitely holds up to a modern audience and definitely will go a long way to continue to promote his legacy with younger people who may not know much about him. But upon hearing some of these programs and perhaps listening to your commentary, will be inspired to go out and watch more of his films and get more interested in researching his life and, and what happened. I know that he has a huge fan base, not just for his horror work, but for his overall legacy. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to um, meet a lot of his fans at, at some of the shows that I do and am invited to. But um, his fans are just absolutely wonderful. They're so kind and they're so... Um, generous with their time and stories sharing with me it's a it's it's wonderful they are they are the ones that are responsible for the longevity of his career and his legacy and they know far more about his career than I could ever learn and they are multi-generational I meet these youngsters that um, are so well informed about his work that it's so gratifying to me. And I'm so appreciative of the opportunity of meeting them and hearing from them. And I'd love to hear from some of um, the, the audience of your audience that has been introduced to him through your wonderful program and, and your wonderful work and the the uh, fans of his radio work. Um, okay, and how would people be able to get in contact with you so that you could hear from them? How would you like that presented? Well, I have um, my email is the best way to reach me usually, and that's karloff at karloff.com. All right, yeah. so that's karloff at karloff.com. And anybody who wants to get in touch with Sarah and um, maybe say a few words about her father or whatever, you're, I guess you're encouraging them to do so. Oh, absolutely. That's my business. Um, that's my business email. But speaking personally here, I've been a fan of your father since I was very young. As I said in the very first podcast we did uh, earlier this month, I listened, or I'm sorry, I watched uh, those Universal Horror films and many other films that he did on television in the 1960s. I am 63 years old, um, but I never really liked most of the entertainment that was aimed at my generation. I tended to like all the old stuff. So I liked old films, old radio shows, vintage television shows. I was into everything that was much older than I was. And yeah. I, I used to buy the famous Monsters of Filmland magazine that Forey Ackerman put out. When I was about nine years old, I convinced my father to drive me to Los Angeles to Forey Ackerman's house. And I got a, oh I got a tour of the Acker Mansion uh, when it was still intact with all that wonderful memorabilia all over the place in that house. I remember just every room was packed with photos and posters and props from vintage films. Did you ever visit there? Oh, yes. Oh, indeed I did. And I took my kids there and they loved it. And 
foraged so much to um, introduce generations of um, people, youngsters, to to not only the films but to the actors behind the films and. He did more than anybody I know to introduce people to this particular genre and to sci-fi and and um, this whole film genre. He he was a wonderful, wonderful guide through the through the years of of this sort of film and and these actors. Well, he was very nice to me. I was eight, eight or nine. I can't remember if I was eight or nine, but my father drove me to his house, and I got a personalized tour. He, he, it was just me and him and my father, and he was so, so kind and did everything he could to encourage my love of that early horror sci-fi type stuff. It was great, and he was also encouraging with that magazine because whenever your father would make a new film, he would feature a story about it in the magazine. Oh, I know that magazine was was his love, and and the whole genre. And he he was very very um, influential to a lot of the very well known filmmakers of today. He was very kind to me and very uh, supportive of of those films of the genre, and and a lot of young youngsters coming up on in in that business. He was very supportive. So how popular do you think your father is now? Uh, he would be absolutely, absolutely amazed at, at, at the long legs his legacy has. And that's, that's due in great part to, to Forey and in great, uh, certainly in great part to the magazine and um, um, the fans who... who Grew up on that magazine and and, and on Forey's work, and my father would be absolutely bowled over by these conventions and the memorabilia, and um, he just he, he he would say, "Well, what's the big deal? You know, a plumber can't act, and I couldn't fix a sink." Well, it, it, he made a great impression on me and many, many others. And look, it's been really kind of you to appear here on this podcast for the past month. And um, it's been just a great pleasure to have you. And I thank you so much for everything you've done to help promote your father and help us promote your father. Well, thank you so much for the tribute you've paid my father over the over the last month and, and his radio work, which is probably the least known part of his legacy and his work and and i appreciate it so much and i've enjoyed the time um talking with you about my father and his radio work and simply about my father he was a remarkable man and a lovely human being and he would be so flattered and so grateful for what you've done to, over this past month well thank you so much is there anything else that you would like to say about your father before we conclude this podcast no just um continue to um appreciate the legacy he's left both as a man and as an actor well thank you sarah karloff this is john tefteller the good old days of radio show you should check out our facebook page good old days of radio show and our website good old days of radio.com 
and you'll get a schedule in there that'll tell you um, what podcasts are available to listen to. So thank you, everyone, for continuing to support this and for being a fan of all these great old shows. I love them as much as you do, and that's why I'm here every, every week producing new ones for people to listen to and enjoy. So next week, we'll be back on our regular schedule with our regular theme, and we'll hear some more great radio programs from the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. Until then, this is John Tefteller saying goodbye. Goodbye.